0: Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Kelly Wisness.
1: Hi, this is Kelly Wisness. Welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. We're pleased to welcome Matt Rolfes. Matt leverages his 15 years of experience in technology and finance to drive and support Medevolve's growth and operational success. He brings to Medevolve expertise in accounting and finance, as well as corporate development and operations experience. Matt joined Medevolve as chief financial officer in August 2013 after serving as the controller of Streamline Health. While at Streamline Health, Matt led the company's accounting and reporting function through a time of significant growth, including the planning regarding two strategic acquisitions. Prior to Streamline Health, Matt spent five years with Grant Thornton LLP in Audit and Assurance Services, working with private and public companies in the technology, service, banking, and consumer industrial product sectors. Matt holds a BS in business administration with major studies in accounting and management information systems from the University of Dayton. In this episode, we're discussing effective intelligence, how healthcare leaders can mitigate labor shortages and gamify their staff. Thank you for joining us today, Matt.
0: Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me today.
1: Well, great. Well, let's jump in. Um, can you take a few minutes and introduce yourself and Medevolve?
0: Sure. Uh, I'll start with Medevolve first. So, uh, so Medevolve is a leader in revenue cycle optimization technologies, uh, focusing on reducing the cost to collect each dollar uh, that is billed. Uh, we like to look at retaining key staff, which is you know kind of one of the big topics here today. Uh, and overall just maximizing profit margins for medical enterprises. Um, Our EI Suite uh, is our flagship technology. It provides uh, back office workflow automation and actionable analytics, uh, which we're referencing here as uh, the effective intelligence. Uh, And this is specifically for RCM operations to help them focus on, on key operational points. So my journey in technology started, I guess, almost over, I'll say almost 20 years ago now. Working with technology firms at Grant Thornton across uh, many industries, uh, and my first contact with healthcare, uh, as you referenced, uh, began with Streamline Health, uh, beginning in 2009. Uh, this was a time that you know the High Tech Act was coming out uh, and being implemented uh, across the country, uh, and more investment began uh, into the data analytics uh, side of, of technology uh, to begin to help you know lower costs and give better actionable data uh, to medical practices and hospitals alike. You know, for me, I, I love healthcare because there is just there's so much opportunity uh, to affect meaningful change uh, in how we consume it. Uh, you know, what it costs us as consumers, uh, but also you know how much it costs uh, the physicians uh, and the the hospital entities uh, to provide care. You know, clearly there's there's you know a lot of systemic problems uh, uh, in many ways with regards to cost. You know, a lot of things around sustainability for both patients and providers. Um, you know, and our aim is to be a meaningful player in correcting some of those deficiencies. So that that's kind of the the overall mission of Medevolve.
1: Thank you. That's great. Um, many healthcare leaders and organizations are experiencing severe staffing shortages within RCM and billing teams, especially post pandemic. What do you think is driving this shift?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we have a, an RCM business here at Medevolve. Um, you know, we do outsource billing uh, for for many providers. Um, so you know, we we felt some of the pain that 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 you're describing as well. Um, so we've lived it. You know, I think I think just like many other industries, uh, people have found other careers, uh, retired, uh, you know, moved out of the out of the industry, and then there's just a lot of job hopping going on because of wage wage competition. You know, along with that, I think uh, there's just a declining supply of people wanting to get into RCM type jobs. You know I think this also creates uh, a lot of brain drain. So you know the loss of a trained employee gets compounded you know by the knowledge that they walk out with. So you know while while you know maybe there's a maybe there's a, a person following on you know that can be hired to replace that person, uh, you, you sometimes lose a lot of the informational and institutional knowledge you know those people possess. So, you know, I think that that's, that's probably, you know, the, the biggest thing. I think, think, you know, kind of following that, you know, there's a, it's increasingly a complex and burdensome uh, reimbursement system. Um, you know, it's people to get, uh, difficult for people to get the skill set uh, to learn it. And there's just, like I said, less, less availability of experienced staff with knowledge. And then I think the last thing uh, probably that we're seeing more and more, um, especially, you know, coming out of the pandemic, you know, is around misalignment and low staff morale. Many organizations are just not well aligned uh, from an ownership perspective all the way down to the frontline staff. Um, and there's there is really a, a clear change in the dynamic of how you know people feel valued, how they recognize value uh, as maybe even opposed to five or ten years ago, you know pre, pre-pandemic. The workforce is just it's just demanding more, more recognition, uh, more financial gain. Uh, and it's obvious that employers have been willing to increase wages to compete and recruit for talent. But, you know, it makes you wonder kind of what has that done for the for the mission uh, overall? Um, you know, are we driving up wages and getting better work? Are people any more motivated today than they were five years ago? Um, or is it just employers that are seeking results uh, or, or are they just seeking bodies? You know, I think I think, you know, we believe and, and, and I think, uh, you know, I think where, where I think things are headed, you know, employers and employees should be more aligned And if there is, you know, a higher higher wage or higher pay, um, there should be equally higher quality work.
1: Completely agree. We are seeing a lot of that in health in healthcare specifically these days. Uh, What is effective intelligence, and does that inform finance leaders' approach to RCM and staffing challenges?
0: Yeah. Um, so, you know, having been a CFO and, and being, you know, kind of groomed in the, in the finance world and accounting world, uh, you know, you kind of learn that that data without context is, is not valuable. But when you add context in, which is, you know, kind of how we characterize effective intelligence, um, you're providing that context to standard RCM data, uh, which can tell you uh, the people and the processes that are, are effective or not effective uh, and where you, you may need to make changes. You know, for example, you know, one, one of the things that we kind of point to uh, and, and really kind of our one-of-one one in, in effective intelligence is zero-touch rate. So, you know, meaning how many of your claims are processing to insurance uh, and receive a payment without uh, a human intervention at all? You know, for us, this is this is kind of the holy grail of efficiency for us and what, what really, uh, you know, makes effective intelligence valuable. You know, from a staffing perspective, you know, one of the biggest challenges we see and in particular, prior to us having uh, the EI suite and effective intelligence, you know, at our at our disposal, you know, not even knowing what fully staffed even looks like for the organization. You know, many organizations can't tell you what their AR inventory looks like, let alone really understand how many people they may actually need uh, to address. You know, that their their current AR portfolios. You know, also, who are the people that should be paid more, or who should be who are consistently doing the best work, and how do we retain those people? You know, and then for, lastly, from a cost perspective, you know, how much time and effort could be could be saved by correcting ineffective process, uh, you know, for instance, in pre-service where you're likely generating the majority of, of work. So, again, this this kind of goes back to, you know, how effective intelligence, uh, you know, you, you, you can determine that maybe cash flow is is not where it should be. But this can really give you context to kind of that feeling you have or just that that kind of uh, anecdotal understanding uh, and really drive you towards, you know, where you can make change.
1: That makes a lot of sense. And how can healthcare finance leaders properly gamify their staff using effective intelligence?
0: Yeah, so I think there's kind of five five different ways uh, to go about this. I'll try and do these kind of in a prescribed order. but So first of all, I think you need to really obtain a deep understanding of your operational workflows uh, and where they need to show improvement. Um, one of the things you know that we do here is do vi- value stream mapping uh, of processes and analyze those using effective intelligence to guide guide us to where the opportunity is to, to gamify. I think just a, as a general rule, throwing tech uh, or or things like gamification at something uh, without really fully understanding it will will just waste your time. So again, I, I think again, starting with just a deep understanding of operational workflows is is key. So. If you, if you do understand your processes, don't gamify a broken process. Uh, sure you've optimized where you can uh, and where you see a need before gamifying. Next, I think defining what is a quote unquote gold standard high value work uh, and how do we what do we do to replicate it? Um, so if, let's just say zero touch to payment is your, is your metric uh, and you identify a bulk of denials are coming from registration errors. Um, how do you incentivize those people through gamification or, or create those those gamification programs uh, to to build uh, around a better process and, and, and further a better process? Next, I would say, you know, not not everybody is is built the same or has the same motivations. Um, so providing different options for reward systems, I think, is, is key. Um, so some people are motivated by cash. Uh, maybe not others. So if it's if it's non-monetary or or maybe your organization is on a, a smaller budget to where you can't be paying out you know large bonuses or things like that. You know, are there ways to provide you know like a catered lunch for achievement or uh, extra PTO days, company swag, you know things like that uh, that may be a, a smaller dollar amount but may give people uh, you know an equal amount of recognition uh, for the work they're the work that they're doing. And then I think lastly, you know, have that measurable result in mind. You know, we want to make sure we see an improvement to, to X, you know, whatever X is, uh, and measure towards that. Uh, we want to have a measurable result in mind as our, as our last thing. Uh, we want to see improvement to X uh, and measure towards that. So whatever X is, uh, we need to know that X is working and we can repeat it. Or if it's not working, we adjust. So again, those are my kind of five, five things that I would consider uh, in terms of gamification is deep understanding. Don't gamify broken process. Understand what your gold standards are uh, and, and what your high value work is. Uh, provide different reward systems for that, ta- that are tailored to the people that your, your audience, uh, that is your audience, uh, and make sure you have a measurable result in mind.
1: Matt, those are some great ideas. Thank you. And do you have any advice for clients and healthcare leaders who are trying to maximize their revenue with a reduced staff? How can they adapt to the current labor market?
0: Yeah. Uh, so you know what we see a lot of is really understanding and analyzing uh, front end processes can help, and and what this naturally does is if you can correct uh, issues on the registration side of things, you can prevent accounts receivable work from even happening. So again, we want to make sure that that we are staffing uh, appropriately and leanly as much as we can, because you know clearly we're trying to solve for for higher costs and and lower uh, reimbursement. And then when it does hit AR, so let's just say you do you do eventually get a denial, which I think is going to happen. Nobody, nobody disputes that. But how are we stratifying and distributing our accounts receivable work with a clear strategy in mind? So, you know, again, I, I think looking at the front-end process to make sure that our, our patients are financially cleared reduces workload. Uh, and then prioritizing those claims that do hit AR that have a, a higher uh, probability of cash payment uh, for the least amount of work done, um, I think is is where most organizations are going to want to uh, improve. Unfortunately, most of your EMR PM systems don't do this for you. Uh, they do, they don't typically have these types of technologies that can really uh, create better work drivers. So you'll need you'll need to either uh, get advanced Excel skills, SQL skills, to do things uh, like this yourself through through analysis. Uh, or you can uh, leverage solutions similar to Metavolve uh, in our EI suite, which automates a lot of these processes. I say other strategies that that we've used, um, I think that have been effective. And I think, you know, just in the, the survey data, we get back from our employees. Um, remote work opportunities is a, is a huge uh, benefit to folks. Um, you know, obviously that comes with responsibility and then also ways to monitor activity and outcomes of people. So again, this kind of goes back to the effective intelligence, you know, not only are we getting information around claims data or denial data, but we're getting the context around what it's taking to actually uh, adjudicate those claims and, and how efficient people are, are 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 acting. Next, I would say incentive programs, as we talked about with like gamification or incentive-based uh, revenue cycle uh, achievement plans. I think having those things in place to reward your winners and and um, effectively, you know, allow those folks that aren't going to do. Ah, uh, the best quality work to to expectably not get paid as much. So I think there's there's monetary incentive programs you can put in place. You know, I'm not a proponent of outsourcing, but there's certainly an opportunity to outsource transactional work to gain scale. Uh, I would say with with one kind of buyer beware there, as as make sure you have a good understanding of quality uh, around that work if you're not going to control it. And then I think you know the kind of last thing here, uh, you know, from a a uh, you know, adapting to to the labor market. You know, I think I think the workforce is being more uh, discretion or have more discretion around what technologies that their employers purchase and 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 use to to do their jobs. I mean, I'm of the belief if you have the best technologies and the best tools, uh, you're going to find good people to work for you. So, what technologies can they invest in that automate process and drive work to the right areas? Um, and in many ways, you know, once these things are implemented, it can actually make people's uh, Job is more predictable uh, and easier to manage, and we we find that when people uh, do implement, for instance, our Ei Suite and our workflow automation tools, that it does give people more clarity and and more um, predictability in terms of their day and and what what they can expect, um, and especially in that in that remote work from home uh, type environment. So, you know, I think there's 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 many ways that we can go about you know affecting change and 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 assuring that we are kind of meeting the market where it's at. You know, we we know labor spends uh, are going up, and I don't think that's going to stop. Um, but there's just there's just ways that that organizations can can leverage technology, better process, uh, and better understanding to to really drive results.
1: Those are some great insights. Thank you. Is there anything else you want to add to today's conversation?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know the the, the tr- we just got a notice of another reimbursement cut from CMS. You know, I, I think there's 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 going to be you know continued downward pressure on reimbursement. Um, there's going to be increasing competition for people and resources uh, since we know that those are becoming more and more scarce from a, a RCM perspective, uh, you know r- wages and supply costs are not going to, to decrease anytime soon. Um, so you know I, th- I think it's important that we embrace you know new ways of thinking. you know and talking to prospects, uh, you know there's a strong pool pull, pull to remain kind of fixated on on denial management you know after the fact. Um, you know, where we're just managing the AR better and things will will somehow improve. You know I think what we're seeing with with working with clients of ours is that the pre-service processes really dictate the amount of work uh, and staffing you'll need in whole. Um, so you know i would I would highly encourage folks to to focus on not forget about denial management. It's important, but but really focus on denial prevention. Um, and what do we do to support uh, what may be a poor poor functioning front end process? And as a whole, I think we need to rethink, you know, what revenue cycle metrics uh, are really driving costs down, you know, in our organizations. Um, you know, zero touch and really understanding, you know, how 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 often do you get paid without a human intervening in that process? I think is is to us again is is really the gold standard. Of really understanding, um, you know, how well and how uh, efficient, cost efficient, a, a revenue cycle may be functioning. And you know, I think I think again, uh, lessons learned in, in in this world, you know, uh, once you make a decision. Uh, and you see early results. So in terms of making a decision of, of you know, uh, implementing effective intelligence or or really any type of uh, workflow automation software, um, if you see some early results, uh, I think it's important that you really rally the troops, you burn the boats and you charge forward. So, you know, I think these are all things that, that I think... Um, are, are, are good you know having having learned lessons uh over over the last several years but you know i, I think i think really committing to something and 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 really driving home results uh will, will do will do really well
1: yeah I completely agree with that well thank you so much for joining us today Madam, and for sharing all of this valuable information with us
0: yeah you're welcome
1: and if a listener wants to learn more or contact you to discuss this topic further how best can they do that
0: Uh, Yeah. So LinkedIn is probably an easy avenue for everybody. I'm sure you could look me up on there. Um, Metavolve.com is our website uh, address. If you want to log on there, you can uh, find contact information for the company as well.
1: Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. Until next time.
0: This concludes our episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help protect and optimize revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.